0: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. It's game week. My first game week in my career as the host of Locked On Dolphins, and I am looking forward to getting into everything about the New England Patriots, everything that we should be focused on, but... Before we switch gears to New England, before we're on to the Patriots, cutdowns, Limboed in trade, practice squad, whole bunch of stuff went down over the weekend. The, the Brian Flores this morning naming Ryan Fitzpatrick, the starting quarterback. Anybody who's not paying attention to the Dolphins is naturally going to freak out at that. And, oh, two is not the starter? That's unbelievable. Well, let's relax, right? COVID year, four new starters in the offensive line. Ryan Fitzpatrick's played five years in this chain offense. Tua's had 19 practices. Like, chill out. But I am putting the cart before the horse. We didn't even talk about Josh Rosen release. Like, whew. okay, whole bunch to get into. Uh let's start with the Dolphins making their 53-man roster cuts the subsequent transactions, the practice squad. Let's start there, and then we can kind of get into some of the nitty-gritty. We're going to move power to the pod. I'm going to tell you guys right now. We're moving power to the pod this week. I need tomorrow to talk about the dynamics of the Lynn Bowden trade in depth. That will take place at power to the pod. Power to the pod, let's shoot for somewhere in the back half of the week. Okay, we got to get a Patriots game plan podcast in. we got to have a crossover with Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots in here this week. There's a lot of hurdles that we have to clear. We will get them all clear. But roster cutdowns, man. It's on the forefront. There was so much stuff that happened this weekend. So let's start talking about the Dolphins, their practice squad, their cuts, and then we'll build on from there. The Miami Dolphins have completed constructing their initial 53-man roster, and the team filed zero waiver claims over the course of the weekend a year after filing five. That marks perhaps the best sign of progress for this Dolphins rebuild yet, in that the Dolphins and general manager Chris Greer are not in a mentality in which they need to scramble to add viable NFL talent to the roster. This is the benefit to the Dolphins' approach since hitting the reset button after the 2018 season. The Dolphins drafting with volume and clearing their salary cap of bad contracts will allow this team to rebuild quickly. And in just 12 months time, we've seen that change in mentality already after initial cuts. Part of this process This year, especially more so than in past years, is the practice squad. And, of course, you have some exemptions with the practice squad where players can be added regardless of their years of tenure in the league and expanded practice squad space for teams. And the Dolphins actually have more operating room than most teams in the practice squad because they have an international exemption at their disposal, which they used when they finalized their practice squad yesterday. And of course, the ability of teams to trade up two players from the practice squad to the active roster on game days, every single game. There's much more strategy involved with constructing a practice squad now. And the Dolphins, relatively speaking, stuck to what they knew with the players that they put on the practice squad. They did take some bets from outside signings, players that had been brought in, Uh, for tryouts. Most notably of those is wide receiver Antonio Callaway, formerly of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, He's had a pretty extensive list of off-the-field issues. This kind of reminds me of a less risky version of what the Dolphins did last year with Mark Walton. The Dolphins have not been a team that has been completely averse to taking a bet on a player if they feel as though there is value to be had, and if they feel as though the risk involved is negligible, they will give players an opportunity to redeem themselves. Antonio Callaway is the latest example of that. Uh, he's serving, going to be serving a suspension that was handed down last year with the Browns uh, due to a tainted CBD product. Uh, it is his second failed drug test, second suspension so it is significant in the amount of length that it has. But think of the Antonio Callaway addition to the practice squad as a low-risk, potential, high-reward payout if you think Antonio Callaway can play. And, of course, he ran four four one one in the 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine back in 2018, so he can fly. That kind of long speed, yes, that is something the Dolphins do not have a lot of and hence makes sense. The Dolphins practice squad in their entirety. Quarterback Jake Rudock is going to be the Dolphins' QB3. In any event in which the Dolphins need him for a week, the Dolphins can call him up. Running back Salvin Ahmed, who has plucked off the waiver wire from San Francisco over the course of the summer. Wide receivers Kirk Merritt, Antonio Callaway, and Matt Cole. Tight end Chris Myrick. Offensive lineman Jonathan Hubbard. Offensive and defensive lineman Derval Nito. He is our international exemption from Brazil. Big body came over. They've been working him at some offensive guard type stuff. And uh, his development will be con- interesting to continue to see develop. Nick Coe, another player, rookie UDFA from Auburn, uh, who the Dolphins did not have in camp. They brought him in on more than one occasion for tryouts. He ultimately lands on the practice squad along with defensive end shun Render. Benito Jones, matchup specific if the Dolphins need another option at the nose tackle position. They want to play more odd fronts on a given week. Maybe Benito Jones gets a call up. Linebacker Kylan Johnson. Cornerback Ken Webster. Cornerback Tay Hayes. Defensive back Nate Holly from the CFL, who the Dolphins signed a couple weeks ago. Javaris Davis. And safety Brian Cole from Mississippi State, who is a big time hitter and was cut from the Minnesota Vikings. That is the Dolphins' practice squad. That is the unit that the Dolphins will call upon each week on game days to help fill out those last few available spots on their active roster. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place that you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learning from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devonte Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So I guess we we should start with the big domino of the, the Josh Rosen release. Uh, obviously, we spend Friday talking about Rosen. This will be the last time we talk in depth about Rosen. On locked on Dolphins unless he goes on to take over for Tom Brady, which he's since landed in Tampa Bay on the practice squad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I've said from the very beginning, I was right and I was I was also very wrong about the situation, but I was also very right about the situation. I said from the very beginning, Josh Rosen is more valuable to the Miami Dolphins because of the investment the team made in him than any other team in the league based on where his perception is at this point in time. That's fact. That was absolutely fact. And the reason we know that was absolutely fact is the Dolphins tried to make some calls and tried to trade Josh Rosen. They couldn't get a a bite. So then they announced, you know, it leaks, oh, Dolphins are going to cut Josh Rosen. Is somebody going to come in at the midnight hour and give us a Kalen Balage type offer? No, it didn't happen. Dolphins actually cut Josh Rosen. He's on the wafers for anybody to claim as a top 10 overall pick. And nobody wanted him on those financial terms. Nobody wanted him. So yes, he was more valuable to the Dolphins considering they had an investment in him that it would have behooved them to try to return that investment. But for the Dolphins, for whatever reason, part of me thinks it's because we didn't want to split practice reps behind Fitzpatrick as the starter once the season starts. It was more beneficial for the Dolphins, in my opinion, from their perspective, to get Rosen out of the building and clear up Tua to take all of the remaining reps in practice. Obviously, Jake Rudolph on the practice squad, whatever. Okay, You lose two QBs, your your game's probably sunk anyway. So the Dolphins cut Josh Rosen, couldn't flip picks with him or anything like that. You know, they, they, they couldn't give up a four and get a three. They couldn't give up a five and get a four. They couldn't give up a seven and get a six. Like nobody wanted him. Okay, so it's a win and a loss in the Kyle Krabs column. Dolphins ultimately decide to move on. There is, of course, because this was a bet, this was an investment, and Brian Flores, I appreciate that he he mentioned this on Saturday when he met with the media, he said, show me a team that hits on every pick, and I will applaud that team. This was a miss. It was a gamble. It was an opportunity to skip the line. Right? We've talked about the dynamics on why the Dolphins chose to make the, the decision and take the risk. I've seen some criticism of this. That indicates that this this was a brutal, inexcusable waste of assets, and and in the grand scheme of Dolphins' investments and in trades and draft decisions, it's up there towards the top. To which I would ask you: You remember some of the stuff that this team does? The Dolphins, um, in the past decade, I would go on to say that the Rosen decision is not even amongst the three worst. Draft day decisions that this organization's made. 2016, the Dolphins traded back from 8 to 13 and helped enable the Eagles to go up to 2 and go get Carson Wentz. And to drop from 8 to 15, they got Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell. That's it. There's no picks exchanged here. And say what you will about Miami having close to a $5 million dead cap this season for Rosen's base salary over the next two years. Uh, The Dolphins in that trade back five spots in a really good top 15, and they still got Laramie Tunsil, like they still got a good player. But what does that look like if Tunsil doesn't have the gas mask video drop? Tunsil probably goes top eight. And then the Dolphins are left with Jack Conklin, maybe? So you gave up a top-eight pick for what could have been Conklin, Kiko Alonso, and Byron Maxwell. And the the financials are what make this such a bad trade for the Dolphins, never mind the fact that the Eagles were in the quarterback market and you let them jump up for two underperforming veteran players. The Dolphins paid Byron Maxwell $17 million between 2016 and 2017. That's a brutal amount of money for a guy who played 15 games for you over two seasons. It was a terrible tackler. And lo and behold, he was terrible on the field, just like he was in Philadelphia ever since he left Seattle. 2013, the Dolphins trade 12-42 and 42 to jump up to number three and draft Dion Jordan, one pick in front of Lane Johnson, who's been an all-pro. Dolphins had a position of need at right tackle. Deion Jordan signed a $13.5 million signing bonus when he signed his contract. So from an assets perspective and from a financial perspective, both of those moves are worse than the Rosen deal. Never mind the fact that you probably don't get two if Rosen doesn't start three games for you last season. So there's a domino effect here that needs to be accounted for. And in 2010, the Dolphins traded from 12 to 28 for a 2 and a 4 that was later traded anyway and traded out of drafting Earl Thomas in 2010. That's just in the past 10 years. Who would they pick at 28? Jared Odrick. Who would they pick at 40 with the pick that they got back? Koa Misi. Who went two spots after Koamisi, Rob Gronkowski. A couple of ways this trade went awry. If you draft Jared Odrick and Rob Gronkowski, you're probably okay. If you stay at 12 and you just draft Earl Thomas, you're probably okay. But the Dolphins traded out of 12 with Chris Clemens as their starting free safety and Passed on Earl Thomas. And then, with the pick that they got in the trade back, passed on Rob Gronkowski. And we want to sit here and say that the Rosen deal, a two, after we traded back in the second to create two second round picks, and then traded one of them away for a quarterback that's now got a, gave us three starts, stunk, put us in position to draft Tua we're going to say it's one of the worst moves this team's ever made? Okay. Not buying it. I have a Josh Rosen on my 53-man roster projection. That didn't happen. Grand scheme of things, though, I would like to think I did okay with my roster projection. I hit on 50 out of 53 players. And one of the three that I missed was Lynn Bowden who we never could have possibly seen coming because he was a third-round pick in this past year's NFL draft. And the Raiders have already moved on, and that's we're going to get into the limbo and stuff tomorrow because there's so much depth there that I want to be able to get into and talk about. And I don't want to do that at its service. So the three players that I had pegged for the roster that did not make the roster... Josh Rosen, defensive lineman Brandon Bryant, and outside linebacker Trent Harris. Other than that, I did okay. 50 out of 53 ain't bad. I'm not mad about it. I of course want to bat bat a thousand, but um so generally speaking, we knew exactly what this Dolphins roster was going to look like. With the forecast and then the, the practice squad dynamics of this team, bringing back a lot of the players uh, who were in camp. They only brought in, I think, two players uh, who had no association with the team, and one of them was Antonio Calloway. But before we get there, I need to remind everybody about the greatness that is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes and eats like a candy bar. These things were the best bar my lips have ever touched. And then they went out and completely overhauled and revamped the formula for creating built Bars. And now they return 12 classic flavors and debuted six more. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, you're on the keto diet, you're looking for something to eat post-workout, or you just like eating delicious things, built Bar can serve you well with protein bars that have less than 200 calories per bar, have up to 20 grams of protein per bar, and have one-seventh of the grams of carbs and sugars of your typical protein bars. So visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order.
0: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Quick run through of the Dolphins' 53-man roster and the practice squad. Uh, I mentioned earlier at the top that we batted pretty close to 1,000, but we did not hit on every single projection. Um... And we do know based on reports after the Lynn Bowden trade that Tay Hayes, who I did not have in my forecast, would have been 53 if Lynn Bowden did not come on. So it's not like the Bowden deal bumped somebody off that I would have had on anyway. We have quarterbacks Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tungavalo on the active roster. Running backs Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin, plus fullback Chandler Cox. Wide receivers Devontae Parker. Preston Williams, Jakeem Grant, Isaiah Ford, Lynn Bowden, Matt Collins, Malcolm Perry. Tight ends, Mike Gusecki, Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe. Offensive tackles, Austin Jackson, Julian Davenport, Jesse Davis, Robert Hunt, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, plus Adam Pankey. Adam Pankey, the only offensive player that I did not have in my forecast of the Dolphins 53-man roster. Snuck on there at the end. Defensive ends, actually, it's kind of weird. Let's just, let's go defensive line, I think, is is probably more appropriate. We have Zach Seiler, Devon Godschild, Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis, plus, like, four, three defensive ends, Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, and Jason Strobridge. Our hybrid linebacker types, Andrew Van Ginkle, Kyle Van Noy, Elan and Roberts can also be put into that bucket. And then we have stack linebackers, Jerome Baker, Kemba hill Calvin Munson, who was not somebody I had on my forecast, Sam McGuabin. Five cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noah Igbenogany, Jamal Perry, and Nick Needham. Five safeties, Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, Kayvon Frazier, Brandon Jones, Clayton Fejdom. We have a kicker, Jason Sanders, punter Matt Hack, long snapper Blake Ferguson. That is the 53 practice squad guys, Salvin Ahmed, Nick Cole, Matt Cole, Brian Cole II, a guy who did not have affiliations with the Dolphins. He came over from Minnesota. He was cut. Javaris Davis, Benito Jones, Kylan Johnson, Jonathan Hubbard, Nate Holly, Tay Hayes, Kirk Merritt, Chris Myrick, Durval Nito, Tyshun Render, Jake Rudock, Ken Webster, and Antonio Calloway. One of the more fun things and exercises I did over the course of the weekend, this is where we'll wrap today, uh, was I went through the Dolphins' starting lineup from 2019 and compared it to the forecasted starting lineup of 2020. Group by group, I did offensive skill group, offensive line, defensive line linebackers, and secondary. Here's the Dolphins' starters against the Ravens and uh, the skill group. Fitzpatrick, Balaj slash Kenyon Drake, Parker, Williams, Albert Wilson, Smythe slash Gesecki. Geseckki had not broken out yet. Dolphins wanted that base blocker. Projected starters for week one this year, Fitzpatrick, Howard slash Breida, Parker, Williams, Jakeem Grant instead of Albert Wilson, Mike Gesecki taking over tight end role. This group stayed chalk. You know, we we did not invest heavily in this group. Uh, Throughout the course of the offseason, aside of obviously drafting two of the top five pick, and he's not ready to start yet, and let's not poop our pants over it, please. It's the long haul. We got to play a long game here. The offensive line, though, holy cow. We knew it was better, but, like, Julian Davenport, Michael Dieter, Daniel Kilgore, Danny Isidore, Jesse Davis. My projected starting offensive line for week one is Jackson, Flowers, Karras, Kinley, Jesse Davis again. don't think Robert Hunt will get the call if Kinley's going to start at right guard. So even though there's still questions surrounding the offensive line, and you know the Dolphins should not be regarded as good on this front yet, the talent across the board is better. That in itself is a win. There's going to be ups and downs, but the Dolphins had ups and downs last year with not a lot of talent on this group. Now we'll have ups and downs, but at least the ups will be high instead of just kind of whatever. Dolphins, let's forecast them to just a base four-man front. Starters against the Ravens. Charles Harris, Christian Wilkins, Devon Godchild, Jonathan Ledbetter. Those were the starters. This year, into your duo stays the same. We got Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba. Is anybody going to sit here and argue with me that Og- Ogba and Lawson are not massive upgrades over Charles Harris and Jonathan Ledbetter? No? I didn't think so. Okay, so much improved on both sides of the trenches thus far. Linebackers. Forecasting to a base three-man front. Jerome Baker, Raquel McMillan, Sam McGlavin were the starters against the Ravens. Forecasting three starters now. Kyle Van Noy, Jerome Baker, and Camus Gruger-Hill. Baker went from probably the best coverage option in 2019 to... Perhaps your worst coverage option in 2020, which is a testament to how much better this group has gotten from a versatility standpoint. That's a big win. Obviously, the secondary losing Minka Fitzpatrick Hurts. If we're going to forecast into a base defense, you got Howard, McCain, Minka, and Rowe as your starting four on the back end against Baltimore. This year, Howard, Byron Jones, Bobby McCain, Eric Rowe. Rowe is in a better position to have success because he's now playing safety. And you have Byron Jones as a lockdown corner. So, working through the entire projected starting lineup, comparing it to last year, it's no wonder this team didn't put in waiver claims this year. This team actually has talent this year. It's amazing what happens when you don't just divert bad contracts to the future. Dolphins fans, you should be very excited about what the future holds for this football team. They're not going to bat 1,000. They're going to take their losses. The Josh Josh Rosen experiment, it was an L. I'll take an L and wear an L on that as well because I like Josh Rosen coming out of the NFL draft. I thought it was a no-brainer decision to make. If you apply hindsight logic, yeah, you probably don't make that move but if you don't make that move, do you get Tua? If not, you better be comfortable with either Justin Herbert or Jordan Love being your quarterback of the future here in Miami. And if you are, then, yeah, you can hammer that move until the trade until the cows come home. But if you're not comfortable or you think Tua is the best option, let's maybe save some of the vitriol for the Josh Rosen move. Everything happens for a reason. And this team, we like the direction that it's going. Now, we get a chance to see it materialize. Starting this week, the Dolphins will be on the field playing actual football. That's when the real test begins. And that's what we're going to explore this week. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Follow along. Keep your eyes peeled. We are going to dig into plenty of dynamics. But tomorrow on the show, we are going to be exploring and deep diving Miami's newest offensive weapon. Limbowden. So come back and see us then. Power to the pod will come later this week. Kyle Kraft signing off. Thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins.
0: A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.